Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 18 of Hot Takes Only, presented by the Hot Takes Network. Alex, it's here, man. Week one, college football. We are back. We have been waiting since the end of the Super Bowl for decent football to return. And we've made it. Oh, electricity levels are high. They're high. I, uh, I'm excited. Um, a lot of games this weekend. A lot of games. A lot of betting opportunities for the lads. Uh, I get hopefully Bet365 will let me back into my account so that I can get in on the action. But I've already locked a few in, so we're good. Electric. Yeah, that's a tough one. You don't want to be locked out week one. No, I think that but, might be worst case scenario, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I got locked out of my Bet365 account. Nobody cares, but just for the context. Uh, so for those of you who haven't heard, this podcast has strategically shifted to focus on sports betting discussions. And after week zero of college football, hot takes only went one and oh. One and oh, baby. With the Florida versus Miami under 46. We actually called that game pretty well. We said it was going to be tight as well. And uh, poor quarterback play. Poor quarterback play. That's what I was going to say. The under 46 hit, but it was anything but easy, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, it was a grind. It was a grind. The people that live below me probably don't like me very much. Uh, me and the boys were all on the under, and some of us were on Florida. Um, so, yeah, it was. It was it was electric and it was um, I mean for a, a poor football game uh, that's why gambling's fun right because nobody else would enjoy that football game except us. It was a terrible football game. It was uh, super sloppy. It seemed to be the ball was hitting the turf every play. Uh, I thought about halfway through the fourth quarter that there was absolutely no chance that this under was going to hit, and then Felipe Frank starts throwing ints, and I think even more that the under is not going to hit. Sure enough, Florida defense bails us out, just like uh, just like we said. Yeah. So we are back, week number one. As you said, lines. full slate of games, which is super exciting. Uh, we are recording this Thursday afternoon. We're hoping to get this up before the Thursday slate of games because I know you and I have some picks on uh, tonight's game. I actually um, have two picks. You on got tonight's two games. picks uh, on tonight's game. I made a, a strategic shift. I uh, sent on Slack to two different people today to hammer this line. <laughs> Again, I'm not recommending that you hammer the line. I personally, if I can get back into my Bet365 <laughs> account, will be hammering the line. Can I lead the way? Can I yeah, tell you what lead it the is? Way. Cincinnati minus two and a half. There is no way that UCLA flies across the country coming off like a four-win season and doesn't and beats Cincinnati tonight, who went eleven and two last year. I know Chip Kelly's second year. Uh, my boy DTR is uh, back at quarterback for UCLA, but a season opener on the East Coast against a team who went to a uh, New Year's Six Bowl last year, and I can get them for less than a field goal, hammer it, Cincinnati, two and a half. Yeah, Not first, first game. First game of uh, of the night yeah. starts at 7 p.m., so hopefully we get this out before so everyone be can watching. get on it. But I like I like the take. Uh, UCLA, terrible football team last year. Bad you, team. You have to figure there's some sort of improvement, but like you said, Cincinnati, Really strong football team. I don't see them really regressing a ton, if uh, if anything. So again, uh, yeah, two and a half is the line right now. Yeah. I I'm totally. I like. I'm going to give the points. Yeah, yeah. on that one. I'm weighing them. Uh, so I am going to go to our our late night game. Okay. Tonight, uh, Utah BYU. Uh, I think it's the Holy War. Is that what they call it? The Holy War. Maybe. Uh, between those two teams. Uh, so Utah minus six is the line and I am, I'm going to give the points. I'm taking Utah. They're going for their ninth straight win against BYU. I wanted to start with, with Utah, but I think when I, when I did my analysis, I looked at BYU first, 
we obviously get the sophomore season from quarterback Zach Wilson, who finally seems to be the answer for BYU at quarterback. That was that was, that was sort of an, an issue for a, a little while for them. But if you take out their huge win against Western Michigan in their bowl when he just went off, I think he actually was 100% uh completion which is just insane he was actually pretty average throughout the season uh and i think the team overall was was again pretty average so i i wasn't i'm not as high on byu as a lot of people are going into this year uh, both teams do return a lot of starters at least seven on both sides of the ball for both teams so it is sort of a matchup that we saw last year uh i just think the utes are way more talented Uh, The defense has always been their staple, but I'm excited to see what Andy Ludwig can do after reinventing the Vanderbilt offense. He comes back as their uh, their OC this year. He previously did it when uh, the Utes had that undefeated season in 08. So he comes back, is now the Utes uh, OC. And they almost won the Pac-12 Utah last year uh, without starting quarterback Tyler Huntley, who returns for for his senior season this year. Uh, lots of great offensive weapons that are going to test the run defense and long pass defense of BYU. Uh, the biggest issue that I have with a game that's six points, I've seen it at six and a half a little bit, is actually six and a half right now. Yeah. My biggest concern is actually the kicking game for Utah. Mm-hmm. So Utah had five draft picks last year. Two of them were their kicker and their punter. Oh, that's wild. Which is pretty wild. Like that, that, that that's pretty electric right that's there. You wild. know me, I, I love the kicking game. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bit of a worry for me on the Utah side, whether or not they're going to have to go for a lot of fourth downs. Uh, but ultimately, I just think Utah is way more, more talented. Uh, they're starting running back, starting wide receiver, bit of injury going into, uh, going into preseason, but they're good to go. Uh, they have been confirmed for the first game. So I like Utah. I'm laying the points. I'm taking them minus six, minus six and a half. Strong research. I like it. And when we say lay the points, that means we're taking the the favorite for those that are are newer to the game. Lay the Um, points, give the points. That means we're taking the favorite. Uh, Okay, my next one, uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech, over 60 and a half. Clemson could score 60 on their own. Uh, That means we got to count on Georgia Tech to score one touchdown. Uh, To me, that's an easy number. I know for for – People that might not bet on college football, 60 and a half might seem like a lot, but there were games in the 70s in the Big 12 last year. Uh, I like to take off about 10 points when I'm looking at totals. I think we talked about that last week, uh, comparing it to the NFL. 60 and a half, you know, I think that number is low, even though it is to the naked eye, probably pretty astronomical. You know, um, on ESPN all week this week, they've been talking about will Trevor Lawrence go down as the greatest college quarterback of all time? Uh, a little premature, obviously, for that. Uh, we've seen him play, you know, six starting games so far or so. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that Clemson can score 70 points on Georgia Tech if they if they want to. And we're talking about Dabo Sweeney. Like, he wants to. So um, I, I'm taking the over there. Give me over all day. So the only thing that concerns me about that over right there is Clemson's got a big game next week. They play Texas A&M next week. I, I see a scenario – where Clem- they get up big and then they might, you know, take the starters out of the game, get them ready for next week. Yeah. Now the flip side of that is it is week one. You yeah. might want to get your guys. Yeah. Rolling you kind of want to like shake offense. the rust off, right? It's, um, um, I can't remember what they used. A warm up game is what they used to call it. Like when I played, when you get like a, a nice, uh, easy first week. The other thing with college is when the twos come in, especially at a place like Clemson, the twos at Clemson are better than the ones at Georgia Tech. 
for the most part from a recruiting standpoint. And they want to prove themselves too, right? I don't think if the twos come in that that necessarily means they're shutting her down. I do think that there's still a good chance that when the twos come in, they're going to score some points. So that's my take. For sure. No, I, I, I like it. I think there is a scenario where it could be something like 42 to 7 going yeah. into the fourth quarter. And yeah. as you said, the twos come in. Keep they probably electric. can. See, if it's 42 to 7, we only need 12 more points. Yeah. You know? yeah. So so I think uh, another thing that I like in terms of the over there, Georgia Tech won't be running their triple option, yeah. which just chews clock. It That's does. all the triple option does. So there is going to be more opportunity for not only them to score in yeah. a more explosive offense, but it's going to give Clemson the ball with more time, more incompletions with a throwing offense. And I do think that Georgia Tech is actually going to be more focused on implementing the new offense. Oh, for sure. They might lay off the defense a little bit, and and that could lead to, against someone like Trevor Lawrence, just getting yeah. absolutely pounded. It's going to be a good so. game. I know uh, like it's not going to be a good game in terms of it's going to be close, but I'm interested in a couple storylines, obviously all the Clemson stuff, and I'm interested in seeing what Georgia Tech's new offense is going to look like. They've been running the triple option for – you know, 40 years or so. So in my lifetime, I've never seen them run a regular offense. It'll be interesting. So give me your next pick. Uh, so I'm going to the Bama Duke game. Okay. I'm going a bit of a different spread. I'm taking the first half line. I'm oh. going Duke plus 21 in the first half okay. against Bama. So you and I were talking about it yesterday. Alabama continues to get crippled by preseason injuries They're to not their linebackers. They have like three five stars behind them. Uh, so obviously Dylan Moses, who probably was going to be the butt-kiss favorite this year, goes down, uh, ACL injury. That on top of Joshua McMillan, who's already been pretty much ruled out for the season, which will lead us to have two – sorry, us. I'm an Alabama fan. I should probably say that. So should lead Alabama to be starting two true freshmen – in their 3-4 defense. The thing that worries me the most about uh, Alabama's linebacking core, obviously it's the inexperience, but especially the first half, uh, Tyrell Lewis was really going to be the only experienced linebacker in their true linebacker. Uh, he got suspended for the first half, internal uh, stuff. So they're not really sure how they're going to really position that yet. So I see a scenario where Duke runs a bit of a, a different looking set and can really confuse Alabama early on. I know you're a big defense guy, so you can probably speak to this uh, just as well. But in any 3-4, I think the most important player on the defensive line is probably the nose tackle. 100%. The nose yeah, tackle 100%. needs to occupy enough linemen for these linebackers to get around. 100%. Alabama starting another true freshman at nose tackle who some people had only as a three-star recruit. Yeah. So uh, two, my two thoughts on that, uh, personally, like I think Tua Tagovailoa could score 21 points in the first like six minutes of the game. Uh, so I think it's kind of a risky take. I like it, and I like your analysis. Uh, but I think, um, stars aside, I don't think Alabama would start a kid that's not good enough in the middle. And uh, that, that's definitely fair. I just think... Him having or th those two having to to lead, so it's going to be Shane Lee and Christian Harris, yeah. true freshman, having to lead the defense and and sort of be the brain of the defense, especially with the the Moses news coming just yesterday, really doesn't give them a ton of time to to take over this defense, which will probably lead to uh, to someone like McKinney having to to take over, who's who's a defensive back. Mm -hmm. um, you're also losing Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. That yeah. was going to be another point I brought up. I don't actually think the drop-off is is that huge with uh, with 
Quentin Harris. You don't think senior that? quarterback? I don't think it's going to be as big as people think it will. Wow. Um, they return a lot of offensive linemen and had a pretty solid running game last year. So I do see some support for, uh, for him there. The other thing, remember when I said uh, Tyrell was suspended? Yeah. There were four suspensions. The other two were our top two running backs, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, and then Devontae Smith, who a lot of people remember. He's one of our starting wide receivers, uh, obviously caught the pass that won us the national championship in overtime. So, again, like you said, there is a scenario where uh, Tua first play of the game hits Jerry Judy for a five-yard slant, and Judy turns it upfield for, for an 80-yard touchdown, does that a couple times. I just think 21 points is a lot of points to be uh, to be given up with with such a, a different looking roster than than probably you were going to have even on Sunday. That's fair. So. That's fair. Uh, we'll see. Um, all right, my next one: Utah State plus four and a half uh, against Wake Forest. Um, Wake Forest right now uh, they're they're running some kind of two QB system. I was watching the ACC Network before I went to work this morning and. Um, they're going to utilize both. You know the old saying, if you got two QBs, you got no QBs. Uh, and Utah State's quarterback is going to be like easily like far and away the best player on the field. Uh, the second he – the best player in the stadium, the second he walks in, uh, that's Jordan Love. Uh, and he's getting some um, low-key Heisman looks. Like he's never going to win it at Utah State. But if you've got the best player on the field, I know they're coming across the time zones, which kind of counteracts my UCLA argument. Um, but I just think – you know, Wake Forest had a pretty good year last year. I would have liked to see them go with Sam Hartman because I think Sam Hartman adds to the running game. Uh, shout out QB1 season two as well. Um, but I like Utah State plus four and a half. I mean, I don't necessarily – that doesn't necessarily mean I think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be close. I don't think that – like four and a half points is too much for me to have the best player on the field. So, definitely. I, I myself am not able to comment on Utah State yet this season. So, I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. All right. I, I love the analysis. That, All was, right. that was good stuff. Uh, one thing I did want to say about uh, Bam and Duke, I haven't decided if I'm going to take it yet. I would look at the over as well. Yeah, the over the 57. Number? 57. Because I do see, you know, I talked about the offensive guys that are suspended for the first half. So they're probably going to play most of the second half. Yeah. If you get fresh guys, fresh Alabama guys coming out of a deep defense, yeah. that could be a little ragged. Second half over might be a play. Second half over might. I don't know the number off the It'll top of my head. It'll probably change unless but. you lock it in early, obviously. But the second half over might be might be a play there. So I haven't, again, haven't decided if uh, that's, that's what I'm going to be on, but definitely do some research on the over 57. Gotcha. Intrigues me. Intrigues me. Uh, like my next one. Uh, Ohio State is playing Florida Atlantic yeah. and Lane Kiffin. Uh, line is 27 and a half, mm -hmm. and I like the Buckeyes with that. I, I, I like the four touchdowns. Is it, sorry, is it in Ohio? It is. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, it's in Ohio. Uh, I like Ryan Day. I, I think he's going to be looking to make a statement, his first game as, as a solidified head coach of this program. Uh, it's really a game that they should easily win. It just depends on, you know, can they cover a four touchdown? spread or not and I, I think so just because I think he's going to be going out there with a new look offense with Justin Fields obviously at the helm and I think he's just going to want to lay the the metal to the pedal uh, obviously I think that Lane Kiffin's name has really given Florida Atlantic a couple points here they're really not a good football team they were not a good football team last year they uh, lost like their running back 
plays on the Bills now. He's a good player. And they lost their quarterback, I believe, right? Yes. He's he's coming back. That was going to be another another thing that I uh, was going to say. Uh, he's coming back, but he had a whole bunch of legal issues. So he didn't actually um, play any spring ball. So he's just sort of had uh, the, the fall to warm up. So I see a scenario. And he also hasn't fully been named the starter yet. Lane, ha- Lane actually has not uh, named their starting quarterback. But – a lot of people seem to think that it is going to be Chris Robinson. So I see a scenario where, where Fields and, and J.K. Dobbins just run wild and uh, offensive corner, coordinator Kevin Wilson just like puts the pedal to the metal. Ryan Day wants to set the tone. A lot of people are saying that Michigan is the team in the Big Ten this year. So I see a scenario where they just come out guns blazing. I like that. Don't even bother with the uh don't even bother you know putting the twos in until really really late in the game they can go into a really nice offense with justin fields they can kind of morph the last two quarterbacks they had together into one right like dwayne haskins uh not a good scrambling quarterback they had to kind of reshape the offense but they can go back into a lot of their old sets from when um uh jt uh barrett was the quarterback yeah because he's a he was a rush for a scott right but he has like obviously fields has um, probably better arm talent than Haskins in the long term and definitely better foot talent than both of them, right? So uh, he's a sophomore. He's still young. And, you know, JT Barrett played for 25 years in the Big Ten. So he obviously had uh, a lot of experience. Um, but I think that Ryan Day, the options Ryan Day has on offense are crazy. Like, right, like I said in our pod last week, I think they need a year. But, like, next year, Ohio State's my pick to win the thing. Um, so, I, I like the pick. I think uh, – I agree. I don't think Florida Atlantic's a good team. I think – you say 27 and a half? 27 and a half. Yeah, I'd be comfortable. If, it, if it was, you know, if we got into maybe the 30 range – Yeah, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it. But I think the 27 and a half, I do think they win by, by four touchdowns. FAU, obviously, with Lane Kiffin, very offense heavy. So the defense is going to be susceptible, and like you said, they're going to be running the West Coast spread. They've already yeah. they've already announced that's what they're going with, and and I think they're just going to absolutely shred F- FAU. I think FAU will struggle with how good Ohio State's uh, front seven is. Like it's that's never something that you want to that you want to go through. And so FAU played another powerhouse program in their opening game last season. They played Oklahoma on the road, lost by forty nine points. Yeah. So. I am again I'm with a better team. With a better team. With a better team. So I'm I'm laying the points here. I like I, it. Uh, I, I really like Ohio State. This actually might be my favorite play of the week. The yeah. Ohio State. Okay. Minus 20, 27 and a half. I like it. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna go to what I believe my favorite uh, play of the week is Nevada plus eleven over Purdue in Nevada. So Purdue. Time zone thing. You see a bias here. Time zone <laughs> thing. They're at home. I just can't – I cannot see uh, a Purdue team. And uh, Purdue was pretty good last year. You and I talked like two nights ago about that Ohio State game. I was yep. watching it on the Big Ten Network. Um, they were a good team last year. And I think Rondell Moore is definitely the best player on the field in that football game. But having the best player on the field that slot compared to quarterback is a pretty big difference. Uh, I think Nevada – uh, they're going to have a, a graduate transfer at quarterback, which is always, you know, new offense. But he got there in the spring. He's going to pull. He's he's got like an entire spring of football. He had a good competition with Malik Henry, which I think 
uh, a quarterback competition does wonders for quarterback play because uh, you're you're simulating pressure for eight months, right? It's, instead of a guy who's earned the job uh, and and he's just got to kind of walk in. So I think that's good. You know, I don't think Nevada's going to win this football game, but I do think Nevada will stay within 11 points of Purdue. We're not talking about a powerhouse Purdue team right now. We're talking about a, a Purdue team on the upswing, absolutely. But 11 points at home, like give me Nevada. So I, I'm not sure if uh, if you've you've looked into this at all, but how are they planning on using Malik? So for those of you who don't know Malik Henry, uh, yeah. last chance you guy, you and I both love that show. Yeah, uh, do, like do we know too. how they're going to to use him? Uh, right now, he's the backup. He's, he's got backup. two years of eligibility left. So my guess is that he'll take over the reins next year, or if an injury happens, or if their quarterback is just not playing well this year, he'll step in. Um, but he's got two years of eligibility left. And do you see a scenario where they could use him as like a Taysom Hill type guy? Like he's got a build that could be a wide receiver. He could carry the ball I don't think he has well. the athleticism no. in the build for Taysom Hill, like in terms of like a, a bulk standpoint. Like he's just Fair not enough. a he's not a big guy. I know he's gotten bigger since he left yeah. um, uh, Independence. But uh, I, I would say Malik is more of a continuing to learn the offense type of guy like he got there in uh i think he got there in april he didn't get there in january so he didn't get like an entire like year of, of um, preparation uh, my guess is that we won't see malik henry uh this weekend but i do think that we will see malik henry this year he's got too much talent to keep him off the field man and i know the the show sh- kind of shines him in a light of um not being able to cooperate with the independence coaches but from a from a standpoint of his, his pedigree as a high school player, he almost won the job at Florida State when uh, Jameis left. Um, and it was off the field stuff with Florida State. It wasn't coaching stuff. So I think when he's in a locker room with coaches that respect him and he respects the coaches, I think a lot of that stuff will be behind him. Uh, so I, I do think it'll be a case of, hey, we're, we got to learn this offense, got to learn this playbook, and he's next man up. So uh, I know the quarterback competition, like I was reading into a little bit, the quarterback competition went like all the way down to the last minute, and he had a real shot of, uh, of winning it. So uh, I, I do I do think we will see Malik Henry this year, just not this week. That's exciting. Definitely, uh, if he does end up playing, count me in. I'm yeah. definitely tuning in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my last play that I've got, uh, we're going back to the Big Ten. Yeah, Michigan against Middle Tennessee State. The line is thirty-four, and I again, I'm going to lay the points. I, I think Michigan is, is going to win this game very in Ann early. Arbor. In Ann Arbor, yeah, nice you would game. not go to Middle Tennessee to <laughs> no. go play football. But uh, Michigan uh, in Ann Arbor, I believe kickoff is seven thirty. Yeah. So we got a night game in Michigan to kick off the season. I think the boys are going to be absolutely fired up ready to go. They return a ton of starters. A lot of people have been picking them to win the uh, the Big Ten. I think a lot of people say this is Jim Harbaugh's best chance to do it. Uh, another year of Shea Patterson under center, who I think is going to take that step and Im- improve even further. I think for me, the biggest part that I like about this take is the defense. The defense got absolutely spanked at the end of last year. They gave up 103 points in their last two games. I think they need to come out, make a statement early on that they're not going to be messed with this year. Middle Tennessee is not going to throw a ton their way. Uh, they're trying to. Middle Tennessee is trying to replace a four-year starting quarterback, which is always difficult to do at a small program like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So I think that that Michigan is really just going to take this over. I could see them them uh, pitching a shutout. What's the What's the total in this game? The do total. You know? I I do not know off the top of my head, but we can easily look it up. Uh, I just think that 
you know, I, I, I just don't see any scenario where Middle Tennessee is able to keep this close. They're only returning it's 54 and a half. 54 and a half. So, again, I, I'm not going to touch that line. I like under I, there, but uh, for the same reason that you just mentioned, like, for sure. you, they could pitch a shutout. Like, I could see Michigan winning this game like 48 nothing, 42 7 yeah. type of deal. Um, but I like that. I like 34. So, so just some more notes that I had. Middle Tennessee only returns ten starters. Mm-hmm. They, they have been pretty consistent. They they're a very consistent team over the last four or five years, but only returning ten starters, only four on offense. Yeah, again, I could see a scenario where they don't score any points in this game and don't come close to scoring any points. Uh, that really only le- leaves five or six touchdowns that that Michigan needs to score, which which should be easy with uh, with such offensive continuity from last season. Uh, Middle Tennessee State did play Vanderbilt in Georgia last year, uh, lost them by a combined 70 points. So mm-hmm. I think we've seen sort of what they can do. They did have a good outing against Kentucky later in the season, but different class. Yeah. So, all right. My, my last one, I got one more. Uh, Oregon plus three and a half at Auburn. Um, great game. I'm super excited for this one. Uh, Oregon got the experience, Justin Herbert, uh, probably best player on the field uh, from a draft standpoint, definitely the best prospect on the field. Um, and Auburn's starting a true freshman at quarterback. Uh, Gene, uh, or excuse me, I was about to say Gene Chizik. Uh, Gus Malzahn is, is definitely on the hot seat for Auburn. Uh, Auburn every once in a while has one of those special seasons where you're like, when did this, like, when did this like build up happen? It just kind of goes. Uh, and then they usually have a couple years where they're down. So a couple years ago when, um, they almost made the playoff after upsetting Alabama. I think that was kind of their upswing year, and they've been struggling since. I do like Bo Nix, the f- true freshman quarterback, elite 11 guy, um, but I think that this game specifically, I know it's in, uh, I know it's in or at Auburn, but I like Oregon here, plus three and a half. I mean, I can't see them losing by more than a field goal, even if they do lose. So I like the points there. It could be a really tight game, and it's it's always nice to see these kind of games where you get a really good defense against a really strong offense or a school that's been known for having strong offense. So I'm super excited to see how this game turns out. Uh, the line felt about right for me again. I could see it being a field goal game. So I, I, I like the take. Yeah. Uh, this is sort of sort of off topic. If uh, if Justin had entered the draft last year as, yeah. as Auburn's quarterback, or sorry, as, as Oregon's quarterback, where do you think he would have been taken? Where Daniel Jones was, taken. you think so? Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking as well. So, th- so unless, to say, but people could have been higher on him and, and and traded up to go get him. But I do think he would have been the second quarterback taken. Yeah. So all things considered, we're talking about a talented guy. Yeah, here, so. and I mean he'll be the second quarterback taken next year too. Because yeah. No, I, I, I mean two is not going to. Nobody's going to take him over two. No. So uh, interesting move to go back. It's always interesting. You know the risks risks the quarterbacks take when they go back to uh, back to school. We saw it with uh, like the likes of like Matt Liner. Yeah, uh, who ended up not having a good career, but he would have been the number one overall pick for sure if he came out in 2003. So we'll see how that and, plays out. And a lot of people thought that uh, Justin was going to be the first first pick this year. 100. Well. percent Yeah. So, so interesting, uh, interesting stuff. But those are all the lines that I have. Yeah, me too. I'm, uh, I'm excited, man. College yeah. football, it is back. We are ready. We are fired up. Uh, this was great. I really, I really like this uh, this yeah. format. We got some really positive feedback on it on it last week. So. Good stuff. Yeah, no, I like it too. And I mean, we're we're just under half an hour right now, and that's enough time for everybody to get their picks in, uh, or or get their their takes in and their lines in before tonight's games, seven o'clock, which has been an hour from now. Hopefully, we get that out in time um, for that first game, uh, which is the another um, uh, the, the UCLA, UCLA Cincinnati. Cincinnati game. So if you didn't get it, and since he wins 
it's tough. <laughs> tough. No, that's our <laughs> fault. Yeah, that is our fault. So, uh, yeah, we're hoping to start releasing them a day earlier. Yeah. Uh, starting next week, we're gonna we're gonna try to record on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Next week we have NFL team totals yeah. coming for you and NFL week and one. NFL week one electric and maybe even college football week two. Yeah, we'll probably the college football takes will probably go just to sort of like like a couple matchups and we'll probably have a couple NFL matchups unless there's a week where there's just tons of value. Um, but I think that's probably what we're gonna look at, right? Yeah. 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 Electric man, I'm excited. Football is back. Football's back. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, good luck. Good luck if you uh, if you have any bets going. Yeah, on this absolutely. Weekend. Enjoy family. the football. Yeah. Football family. Thanks, everyone.